All right. Hello. Welcome to Circuit and Gear, a podcast where we talk about scenic automation and other interesting tech. I'm Gareth Connor. I'm Christian Bassey. And I'm Cody Green. Nice. We nailed it this time. <laughs> <laughs> we nailed it last time, too. Well, that's what the people think. <laughs> <laughs> Some editing required. Mm-hmm. All right. So we've got, a, again, a bunch of uh, topics on the docket today. But uh, we're going to kick off with a, I would say, a question that was written into the podcast. It wasn't really written into the podcast, but hint, hint. We'd love to get questions written into the podcast. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but this was a good, uh, like, a support question that came in. Um, uh, Chris Witch from Northwestern uh, was asking about split A-cell, D-cell. Because um, I think he did actually mention the podcast, I think he did. It just wasn't, I don't think it was to the podcast. Anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the point was, he listened to the podcast where we were talking about split ASL D-cell and how we really want to have it. And he had a really good point, um, and one that we have discussed a bit here time and again, um, about, hey, why can't we just do this in software? Like, rather than having a hardware-supported deceleration ramp, just write a series of cues to step the speed down. Yeah, fake it. And we do that... Kind of manually. Right. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a fair question. Like, why not just do it in software um, and have like Spike Mark generate a bunch of little cues? Um, and uh, it's, a, it's a fair question and a reasonable idea, but there are some drawbacks to that approach of doing it literally in Spike Mark, right? Yeah. It's a little slow for that. Or if you lose network connectivity. Right. Then how does it know? Yeah, and it's non-deterministic. I mean, it could be in firmware too, but it's, it's, uh, it's much less reliable in software, right? Depending yeah. on where we hit the polling intervals and the latency and everything else, like you might decelerate differently time, you know, from one run to the next if we kind of miss the, uh, the trigger point by X number of milliseconds. You know, yeah, because the with the polling interval, like fast as the polling interval is going to be is like 30 milliseconds. And it's that's not usually really that fast. It's more like 60 milliseconds, mm-hmm. um, which is that variance, you know, plus 60 minus 60. Right. Could be quite a difference yeah. when you're trying to decelerate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also then keep it consistent. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think that's the the main reason why we don't want to do it in spike mark. Um, but there is a second option where we could do it really in the firmware too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like we could code that in that to, uh, I don't know, as like a, another opcode option or something too. Yeah, or even mm-hmm. just as another a second option to the yeah. initial like trajectory opcode, right? Yeah, to, where it's like just, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, separate decel. Separate yeah. decel and then have it stack up a bunch of trip points in firmware mm-hmm. and then... Using the interrupts. Yeah. Which will be more uh, repeatable. Right. Right. Um, and that's definitely, I, I think that has some legs to it. Um, it does add some complexity, certainly, to the firmware. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't be trivial to implement. Right. And then there's a bunch of questions around that about like what happens when you soft stop in the midst of that or hit you know, a limit. Hit a limit. And yeah, just killing that whole stack of yeah, loaded up. Right, right. Um, not 
not not undoable mm-hmm. at all. Just that when we think of the potential bugs hidden in that sort of implementation versus getting a chip that does it. Right. Yeah, it does kind of like enter into this black box. Like I sent it what I wanted and then it's kind of just happening in there and how it fails or if it fails, what happened? What's the recovery? Right, what's the recovery? Is that our firmware problem? Is that a, you know, what just opens up that sort of lack of clarity? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's a really great, it's certainly a great question and the, the point is well taken that, you know, if you're trying to do this on a show, this is your next best step, right? Is you do actually just write a bunch of auto follow cues. Yeah. Um, same A cell, but it's one second or kind of stair second, steps down, one, right? Yeah. Half a. Uh, yeah. And usually we do it like by trigger, or, yeah. like trigger at a position that we're going to start, you know, to step down to a lower speed. And then at that point, it's either another position trigger or some number of seconds that we do. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, so I think it's I, th- I think it's a it's an interesting idea. Just probably not, probably wouldn't be our first choice, but not one that we're gonna totally dismiss either. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that kind of leads us into um, the next topic, which is you know there we hinted at this like well we're thinking about how we would actually implement um, split DSL DSL, and we kind of have a short list of features we want to get. So split DSL DSL is one. Mm-hmm. But then there's also S uh, curve profiling would be nice. Right. Right now we're pure trapezoidal. Right. Yeah. And that kind of, and for anyone who's not following along at home about what that means, so that's, you know, that pure trapezoidal moves give, you get a little bit more of a jerk at the beginning. Um, and so there's a, a slight lurch. Um, having, being able to smooth that out to change your A cell ramp every time you're kind of entering and exiting the the standstill um or transitioning from a an acceleration to a constant velocity i guess with is really more the thing like when you're right. changing yeah. acceleration um yeah so or changing velocity rather um uh but then so we got split diesel decel s curve and then uh the option right now we only use quadrature encoders and be nice to pick up using absolute encoders because they are becoming more and more prevalent out in the world yeah 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 no absolutely and i you know we have this feature called persistent position um which gives you kind of a nice 80 20 rule of the the advantages of absolute encoders where it'll take your incremental encoder and write the counter value to flash memory whenever you hit a standstill and like it's some number of seconds that you're not moving we'll write the position in so we will remember during a power outage where you were uh and then also every time you hit e-stop and that does a pretty good job um it's a it's a great job considering that it uh it's all backwards compatible with every other stagehand there's all firmware based no new hardware needed but I always think of it kind of there's a at least two major drawbacks I can think of off the top of my head to it. Um, the first is that uh, it does not do anything to account for interference. So mm-hmm. one of the pro- potential problems with incremental encoders is that if you have noise on the line and start missing counts or gaining counts, that it doesn't correct. Right? You just you have counted that you've added one or subtracted one, and that's still in, there. It's mm-hmm. in the counter. Yeah. Right. 
as opposed to absolute encoders, if you get a bad reading, you which is less likely anyway, but if you do get a bad reading, you will get a correct reading on the next one because you're reading absolute positions off of the encoder. Um, you're less susceptible to noise, right. um, or it's, at least it's way more. Uh, well, no, I think you are less susceptible to noise, and um, if you are it interact, correct. yeah, it can correct. And then if you are having serious noise issues, it's much more obvious because you're just mm. getting garbage data all the <laughs> right. time. It's just junk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then the other big thing uh, I was going to say was about the you know the the lifetime of the flash. Oh, oh I was thinking yeah. of the third one. Yeah. Oh, That's, great. So yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so we write all these things to flash. Um, flash is not. Uh, not for forever. You can only write a certain number of times. And we kind of estimate that you get about five years um, in our implementation of persistent position before the flash memory will have to be replaced. But the flash memory is soldered on to the microcontroller board, the daughter card that plugs into the motherboard. So you have to replace that module and that's hundred ish bucks to replace. Right. So, yeah. The couple cents of uh <laughs> to replace the couple cents of flash, right? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, well, it, and I, we think that's a, a good trade-off versus not having the the feature. Right. Um, of course, the the reality is that nobody knows when <laughs> right when the flash is about to die. Right. So you can inevitably be stuck in a situation where you've got a stagehand that is not properly storing um, position, um, and you know that's. It, it's going to need to be replaced. And it, um, if you don't have a spare, et cetera, that, that could be a real problem. So um, we don't love that, that that part of it, but, you know, it is a finite. Like you could also have a power supply go out. You could have there's mm -hmm. a number of things right. that can also that go wrong. So those are the two that came up. I came oh. up with what was your thing? Oh, the third one I was thinking, too, is just about the, you know, often you're – we're writing that uh, position to flash in the stagehand, but if you unplug that stagehand and you go to use it for something else, or you, you know, you are now like you're tied between your motor and your stagehand, so you're trying to look to something else to find out where the motor is, right? Rather than like, the sensor mm, on right. the motor, yeah, yeah. And so you can like just recently, like, oh, we all re-plugged this thing, and I went to move something, and it was like, oh, we cross-plugged that, and now all the positions were, you know or no, oh, yeah, whatever. No, so, that's a that's a, damn, that's yeah. a good one. Nice right. to have it local. Like that machine cares about where it is versus the state chain cares <laughs> about where that machine is. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. So. Um, yeah. So, uh, so those are the kind of three big things that we want to get out of the new architecture, um, and. In the 2018 era, <laughs> 2018, 2019 era, like things were like, we were, we, things were on fire, right? Like we were in a good way. Like we, things were, you know, the industry was cooking. We were doing really well. Um, and we had tons of requests for lots of things. And we had this, um, a lot of internal discussion about like kind of what's the next architecture. And we were, you know, um, we were a bit seduced, I would say, by, I know certainly yeah. I was, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by the the siren call of EtherCAT and Beckoff. Um, so many folks are using that out in the world, and it does, there are some great features in TwinCAT, for sure, um, that we're like, yeah, hey, right. we're, we're doing it. That's this is the future. Yeah. This is the yeah. future, yeah. We're getting on that train, like everybody else, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I think that in that process, we kind of give up an awful lot too, wouldn't you say? 
Yeah, definitely. It felt like we liked, we, we like cool tech and that is definitely, I think seduce is definitely the right word. And so we found an architecture and then, you know, tried to pinpoint what worked and what didn't and, and like tried to make, we spent some development not trying, time trying to make like what makes EtherCAT easier and spend a lot of energy. Like how can we make it work for us? Yeah. Cause I think that's the big Achilles heel of EtherCAT, right? right? Is that the, the setup and commissioning is tedious it's immense yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's very io point specific and very you know right so much specific. so like we had we're like uh we had come to the uh we had decided we were okay with okay now there's gonna be this web service that we're gonna have and maintain that everybody's that's gonna be your first step in making a show file is <laughs> connecting right. your axes connect to the web at server right download a configuration right yeah yeah it was a cool way around but yeah it did it's like yeah. just kept adding and adding but before and adding. you can start your show you have to use this other software first right right yeah uh, and i think there's a bit of the sobering of the the pandemic and like sitting where we are now and taking stock again of like whoa how far off track did we get because if we boil down to just those three things that we just mentioned that we're mm-hmm. really trying to get mm-hmm. like we just want those and we were sacrificing our entire architecture and ease of use and a lot of other things, like kind of throwing that all away to like get three. And I don't want to say rudimentary, but I mean, they're not really high end features, right? Split A cell, D cell is kind of table stakes. Yep. Yep. S curve profiling isn't a big deal. Right. Absolute encoders are more and more common. Like the, you don't need like, you don't need a whole new um, field bus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like the communication is not the issue. It's the motion controller itself, like the motion control algorithm and then the hardware supporting it is what we're trying to really improve upon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we also in 2020, we did a lot of work on the old or it's not old. It's the current <laughs> on the current stagehand architecture, but not the EtherCAT version. Right. But on the like the right. traditional stagehand card and added a ton of new features which you guys have heard us talk about ad nauseum already about right. load cells and interlocks and all this other really cool new stuff yeah um yeah. i guess yeah it's, it's somewhat interesting to think too i guess in 2018 when we were looking at ethercat the and th- the excitement there too was like oh yeah and then we'll just definitely have load cells and we'll definitely have you know we can roll that into some esop and like there was other things in the world that we hadn't attack like we were thinking kind of linearly and we right in 2020 peeled those apart and we got load cells built into the stagehand card we got more io onto the stagehand card for better you know for interlocks and sensors and so like and we like vastly improved like the manual jogging and stuff on the right, card yeah. and yeah so i think you know to give ourselves a little credit <laughs> <laughs> we did you know the list was longer at the at the jump. No, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. It wasn't. Yes, it wasn't. I guess that's what I was trying to establish. Was like now when we're here, it's like we're down to like these last right. three, right? And those we can't really do with the motion controller we have. But yeah, that's where we're at. I mean, there was some other big thing though that we. Oh, I was gonna say too, like fast status, right? Like fast, oh, status, yeah, 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 right. Which was also something we had experimented with in the well, you had experimented with in the twenty eighteen ish. Right time, right, and saw immediate huge benefits, but then kind of we had to put it on the side, right. And then also like once we were in maybe in the EtherCAT land, you're like, ah, well, what's what the point this anymore? You know? Yeah, right. but then when we were like, had to make it better, <laughs> <laughs> right. 
<laughs> and we also kind of came to an interesting middle ground on that too of like when we got to implementing yeah. it uh last summer it was like well do we really need like the original fast status idea was a little more convoluted like do we need all of that it's like right. maybe not right and, and within i don't know an hour we had a mocked up and like this is fantastic right yeah, right, because it was like we thought was going to be like a half measure of like, oh, well, we'll try to get it a little bit better, but ultimately what it wants to be is this thing that's way, way better. And yeah. then we tried the half measure, like, oh, this is infinitely better <laughs> than it was. I don't know. Yeah. Like, Why do we need to make it more complicated? Right. Yeah. Like, could it be better? Yeah. Sure. Right. But, but at what cost? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like, yeah. Um, and so I think that, you know, with those ideas whirling around, we've taken a step back and like, okay, well, how do we attack these these core features that we want to get and not lose our architecture completely. Mm -hmm. And so a couple of things that we had on the, that we have on the table that we're talking about and we're talking about both internally and then also talking to outside vendors about is we want to move away from the rabbit. I mean, <laughs> we love the rabbit. It's done a good job. It has, yeah. done, it has, it has served us well. Um, but it's a, uh, it's a long in the tooth. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, but we've also been using a lot of ARM Cortex processors and mm -hmm. other products. Um, and so it's like, wouldn't it be nice to move to that as our main microprocessor? Right. And the way that the basic card architecture is now right, is right now, is that we have the rabbit doing all the data work plus watching all the IO. Yep. Um, except for the encoder. And then that has an 8-bit uh, data bus to the motion control chip, which is an LM629, which is like a 25, 30 year old motion control chip. Um, and then it's watching the encoder and doing the PID and uh, sending out the speed command. Right. And so we're like, all right, what if we kind of keep that same exact idea? You know, we have kind of main processor, coprocessor, mm -hmm. and swap out to a Cortex and some other newer motion controller. Yeah. Yeah. And one well, of the ones was is, yeah, actually relatively local to us is the uh, PMD has uh, the Magellan's, I believe is the name right. of the chip, but a newer, modern, more modern, more feature rich motion controller like the LM629. Right. That's like a, the most sort of like direct path from what we have currently to, uh, yeah, 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 like yeah. just a more, yeah. Swap this microcontroller for this. Swap this motion controller for that. It's the same kind it looks of looks kind box. of exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. yeah. If you didn't look look at our old cards too hard, you probably wouldn't <laughs> notice. notice. <laughs> yeah. But if you looked at our faces, they'd be much more tired. <laughs> <laughs> but then as we're kind of scheming that up, and then we're, I'm thinking like, okay, how do we start kind of kickstart this? How do we get going? Because this is not going to be like a, and in a couple of months, we're going to be done. This is a long road changeover right yeah um and the idea is to once we, when it changes over it'll be nearly transparent <laughs> to the end user right? right what you'll have is an extra like if you're using one that supports it you'll have a deceleration box <laughs> right <laughs> but <laughs> thousands of man hours will have gone on to get there <laughs> one text box <laughs> yeah which it just makes me giggle because I mean it, this hasn't happened in a long time because I think most people are more sophisticated these days. But I, back in the early days, I remember people saying like, "Why can't you just add a D cell box? Like, mm. I can put the box in there. That's not the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the issue. It's just gonna auto populate." <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, the uh, the uh, the connection between the two is you know is. 
there's a few different protocols they can use, but like Spy is one, serial peripheral interface, or CAN. Uh, and we're obviously big CAN fans. Fish. Of that. Can, <laughs> big fans of CAN. <laughs> CAN fans. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as we were thinking about that, I was like, wait, why do these even have to be on the same board? Right? Like, couldn't we, especially once we have the developer's kit, because we've got the PMD developer yeah, kit. Yep. Right. And it's got broke. It's broken out with connectors on it. Because like, the other thing with that too is like, because it can be controlled by CAN or SPY or I think I2C also. Yeah, maybe. It's, but, it's certainly, but it's a bunch of them though. RS forty four twenty two for sure, and yeah, um, yeah. And we're like, oh well, we'll have the developer board, and then we can do an embed. And just talk can to it, or yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll develop that, and, we can, and so we can like do that pr- fairly quickly, like because of the developer card, we don't have to do the hardware dev on, and right. the embed we are pretty well versed in, so we can just do those things, can it up, and get going. And then as we were sketching that out, I was like, well, wait a second, if we're doing, <laughs> if we're just doing like a field bus connection between the microcontroller, which is really talking stagehand protocol. Mm-hmm. To a motion processor over can. Why does it have to be on the same board? Yeah. Yeah. And why does it even have to be this PMD chip? Like, could it be a PLC? Could it be a like another industrial motion controller that talks can or Modbus or something mm-hmm. else? Like, Some other thing. Yeah. Or could we go straight to the drive, right? Like, or do we even have to choose? Like, if we basically made our stagehand protocol translator card, like, why can't that sit? on the panel and just be the have a different personality depending on what thing it's talking to on the other end right and that started i mean to me started to sound very exciting because like oh well we might be able to get going on this really quickly yeah well because it was uh because i don't know it was after the last podcast it was like the next day i came in and you started talking you know started laying out this idea you had i was like oh that's really cool Oh, and then like then the farther and the more and more you were we were talking about, it, I was like, yeah, that's really cool. Can we start that now? now. <laughs> what <laughs> Can are we I do, do this that? now? Is that, is that now? <laughs> How about now? Because <laughs> like you're saying, I it seems like that could be a, a, a at least for us here a development in the shop testing kind of a thing. Like we could get there really fast, I think. Right, mm-hmm. and start kicking the tires and like where you know how this works and right. and then refine the hardware, as, you know getting that uh, iteration going uh, quickly. And so um, anyway, so that's, I don't know if we have to say a ton more about it right now, but that's kind of like where our thoughts are. And then we've been poking at some of the industrial motion control vendors. And I think some of that bubble is popping a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I think we're, we're back to the spot that I've often been with industrial motion control, which is like, it isn't really cut out to do the thing that we're asking it to do, right? Like, because they kind of design from a different standpoint of like, mm-hmm. how many axes can we, how many axes of control can we cram into one box? Right. And we're like, we want one, just the one. <laughs> We'd like one. We, yeah, and it's also weirdly like, features are tied to axis count, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. They give you axis count, and then you get the features, and you're like, I want some of those features on one axis, right? And I'd like it cheap and cheap. Yeah. I don't want your several thousand dollar 24 axis, 20 to 64 axis controller just right. to get split SLT cell. <laughs> right. It feels like back in the Ethercat camp. I'm like, right. Jesus, I don't want to throw all this away just to get these kind of straightforward features. But an interesting thing that came up uh, just in a recent conversation uh, was 
you know, we were talking about it and I, I was pushing this, like, look, it's fairly like we, our needs are fairly simple. We're, we want one axis. And we don't think of that as a downside. Like we coordinate all of this through spike mark mm-hmm. and that's a feature for us because it keeps us modular. Right. And that's yeah. one of the things we don't want to lose. And they're like, oh yeah, well you could probably do it with one of our low end PLCs, you know? And we're just trying to like talk, you know, bridge that chasm between like what we need and what they have and explain and express. And we keep, I keep saying simple, simple, simple. And they're they're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah, I mean, as long as, you know, it doesn't have to dynamically change or anything. I'm like, wait, hold up. What (laughs) now? And they're like, oh yeah. I mean, well, like with this one, obviously you couldn't like change the speed or the target position once it's moving. It's like, oh, that's important. That's that's a deal killer. Like, yeah. (laughs) Like that's that'd be crushing. Like even our thirty-five-year-old motion controller can absolutely do, do that. that. Yeah, <laughs> like right, it can do that for position and speed. And we right. love to pick up acceleration, acceleration. <laughs> and ideally deceleration if we can get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's kind of fun. I to. Well, it's definitely fun to be in this phase, and it's kind of fun and funny to be having those conversations because they feel evergreen. It feels like. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was squarely like we Christian and I were talking yesterday. I was like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know about going on another motion controller chip like that. It feels like we're probably going to end up with the PMD because that that feels right in our camp. And then Gareth was talking to some vendors and kind of laid out a little stack a little PowerPoint. A little PowerPoint yeah. And by the like halfway through his PowerPoint, I was like, he's on it. He's on <laughs> it. He fucking gets it. I missed it. I missed the boat on this one. And then we started talking to the vendor. And then I was like, no, I think I'm right back where I started. <laughs> <laughs> now, I had sold myself really hard on the idea. I was like, oh, this sounds awesome. Like, I could just buy a box off the shelf and it's going to do like most of what I wanted to do. And it's going to be super easy. But, Fuck, we're going to be done by lunch. This is going to be great. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was like, oh, you guys don't get it. Never yeah. mind. Never mm-hmm. mind. All right. Yeah. All right. I mean, we're not afraid of designing hardware. It's just like trying be, to be fast. Just trying to be fast. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. And so that gets kind of overall. And I think there's a theme that's going to come up again and again in, in upcoming episodes is like kind of realigning to our roots. You know, I, I went out to California and did like a little talk, which is mostly inconsequential. But as part of that, I was like rereading some of those very early like mission statements of the company and like mm-hmm. what we're trying to do. And it's, you know, a lot about making automation approachable and affordable and modular too, but like right. approachable and affordable and being transparent in how we're, we're doing it and how we do business and all those other things. And, um, you know, trying to keep that core alive and rekindle it and kind of correct it where we've gone astray and gotten a little overexcited about some technology or, and not, that's not always bad. I mean, we, I think we, we, we learn lessons on those things that we can bring back, but it's important to realize when we've kind of left the reservation a little bit. Right. Yeah. I think if we stop getting ambitious and excited about new tech, that's a problem, but also totally, if we lose track of, you know, what we're good at and what, what, you know, what our, right advantages then that's also a problem so <laughs> right. yeah. yeah 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 but like throwing out the entire stagehand protocol to get split aslt cell right probably not a good idea today seems crazy <laughs> today seems crazy yeah, yeah two years ago right yeah fuck it it's dead right <laughs> yeah it's more expensive and it's harder but come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's german <laughs> <laughs> exactly yeah we have one like this only better <laughs> um another thing that uh 
uh, Chris brought up um, just addressing his feedback because he was asking about uh, jog names. They're still th- well. Yes, you They're can't gone. currently change them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't currently change them in Spike Mark. Right. It is coming back though. It was just it didn't make it on the boat. Yeah, as we were racing towards finish, like some things had to get axed off of the the to do list, and the new UI for that is one of those that got axed. Yeah. Um. All of the like you said, the backbones there. Yeah. The, we didn't get rid of the logic. We still have, in fact, like some of the machine library things. They They're they come different. in. Yeah. Yeah. They come in with jog names like. It, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, like in Spike Mark, you can relabel forward and reverse to be like clockwise, counterclockwise, on stage, off stage, up, up down, down, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Right. What yeah. makes sense? Lucy, Fred. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever you like. Yeah. Yeah. Or up and up. That's my favorite. Up and up. <laughs> right. Does it change the direction too with the motion profile? The like lifts, hoists, like in cues? Uh, so the lift, no. So those action words, no. No, that not is, in jog. That's only in that's cues. a different drop down that okay. changes that. Oh, I didn't know if it fed back. No. no. Okay. No, but it does show up. That label does show up. So it's like lifts up. That up is the label. Right. 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 But the yeah. lifts action word. That's a drop down. Right. So it does feed into the, but it does feed into the direction label in the movement. In the sentence. yes, yeah. yeah. But not yes, yeah, yeah. But not the verb, yeah. Not the verb, yeah. Hmm. <sighs> Elementary school grammar again. <laughs> <laughs> and the preposition is <laughs> <laughs> indefinite article. Um, yeah. So anyway, jog names coming back. Yeah. Um, Soon, TM. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the Lexium Twenty Eight. <laughs> 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 that's an inside a bit of an inside joke uh we for four years now we've been waiting for this uh magical unicorn product called the lexium 28 from schneider who we love schneider they're one of our favorite vendors in the world but yeah. um we use their lexium 32 servos and they have a less expensive lexium 28 and one of the key features that we're very interested in is they have a 750 watt 110 servo system mm-hmm. that they have been promising to deliver since like <laughs> fall <Yeah>. of the <laughs> fall of 2017. Yeah. And maddeningly it is actually it exists. It's in, in Asia. In Asia, but doesn't have the American approvals yet. And uh Schneider France doesn't see the point in 110 volts because they don't use it there either. So right. Stupid Americans. So anyway. Yeah. We keep waiting. We're like, hey, is that is that ready yet? Yeah, that's the unicorn product that we always reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, Modbus, everybody's favorite. Yeah. Uh, so give us a little intro pitch on this, Christian. So uh, currently, we use Modbus to talk directly to the drive, so stagehand card to the VFD yeah. to get um, some maintenance. Well, not even maintenance, but just. Some parameters like and diagnostics and, and yeah. the faults and uh, for apprentices, most importantly, being able to reset it without mm-hmm. having to walking down and unplugging it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're currently, well, not currently, we do it with Modbus. We that's that that link and uh, and Modbus is like is a protocol. Is it a, is the it's a field bus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. That's 
been around for a long time, apparently. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) It has been around for a long time. But uh, I think Modbus was like one of the first features I had actually worked on. Um, Because I think since when you started The Apprentice, that's really when you wanted it. Because unlike the pros, it doesn't have the e-stop contactor. Correct. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so funny story was that like, when we developed the Pro 2, um, we added the... One of the design features that we added to the card at that point was like to break out every pin that was available. Because mm-hmm. on the original classic boards, I had just kind of routed out only the 20 signals I was using. Mm-hmm. And later on when you're like, but it'd be really nice to be able to add an input or an output or something. You're like, yeah, it's just not routed out of the chip like yeah. i can't get to it but i could add the f- firmware to it but I, there's, I can't make the electrical connection so when we redesigned the board it was like we're gonna route everything out everything <laughs> everything that's available it's gonna make it to a header and we're even if we're not using it and one of the things that i exposed was a serial link and we wired them up incorrectly um to the drives because we didn't have we did like a quick test of like, yeah, this serial port reads writes should be fine. Let's just wire it in. And someday when we like develop the firmware more, we'll make a link to the drive. So that to say it started with the pros, but on the apprentices, you're absolutely right. It became critical because we were using STO on the apprentices. So we don't cycle power to the drive on ESTOP, which previously with the pros, if you hit a drive fault and you wanted to reset the drive, the fastest way to do that was like cycle e-stop because that would kill power to the drive, reboot it. Clear the fault, yeah. yeah, right. Or get it the keypad on the front. Yeah, both of those things not available in the press. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like part and parcel, two of them. <laughs> yep. Yes. So that was like one of the first features that I had started working on when I was first hired was to, because you had done some work on it and there was parts of the code in the in the in there yeah it's part of the firmware right i don't yep. we've done maybe a little bit in the software but i don't even think we've done anything i don't think there's software it was yeah, really just it was firmware. just really in the firmware um so i spent uh, actually i was using curtain calls and the apprentice to work on getting that uh <laughs> sorry i just <laughs> had a flashback <laughs> when you say curtain call <laughs> i go to a dark place <laughs> a fine machine <laughs> <laughs> two of them together make good tables for apprentices oh um, but so i was using that to develop uh, to work on that feature so we could be able to auto-tune be able to reset the drive and eventually got something that worked it, it wasn't great um one of the issues was it wouldn't it wasn't always able to um read in the value so Basically, in Spikemark, we just said, okay, if you don't read it in right, just try again. And then... Try again, try again, try again. It's like up to 100 times or something, right? The faults it would try to read in 100 times. The other things, about 25 times before it would give up. Um, And so, eventually got something that worked, sort of. Worked more often than it didn't. Right. (laughs) Um, Said, called it done. Um, And then when we were working on Spikemark 5... We were like, we came back to it. We came back to it. Trying to make it better. It's got to be better. Like it's, it's a little flaky to say the least. Right. And, uh, we'd spent some time, you and me poking at it, uh, sitting at my desk and we were able to blindly change. 
It wasn't. It was interesting because like we definitely didn't. Full, in hindsight now, mm-hmm. definitely didn't fully grasp the problem, but we right. were able we, to make it faster. Made it a lot faster and, and more reliable. Way more reliable by tweaking some of the timeouts and weights and stuff in the reads and writes. Right. And, um, and it worked It worked much better on the new hardware, on yeah. the Pro 4 Unipolar 5 yeah. card. Um, and then we installed 100 of them and we were happy with it. Yep. But then... Uh, Rada is currently on site doing upgrades and using apprentices that don't have the yeah. new unipolar. No, he's got a, he's got a pro- apprentices with the unipolar V four three. I don't really remember what the numbering mm-hmm. is on that, but it's basically a three era hardware. Right, mm. and uh, Modbus is not working great there, and he's not like in a great situation. He's like in a the Guthrie he's out at the Guthrie and the Guthrie is having a, a very challenging time getting their uh remount of Christmas Carol up. I mean between the, it's just a huge it's a monster of a show. Everyone's a little rusty from the the break and you know a lot of staff turnover and everything else. So it's 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 rough out there. And Rana's working a ton of hours and we got a, a <laughs> somewhat curt <laughs> <laughs> it was weird how uh, short it was, but also confusing the statement. <laughs> but yeah, Modbus doesn't work. <laughs> and I think that was the it, right? I mean, it was just yeah. like, yeah. Modbus does not work. We're like, okay. We, all right. And so I saw that message. And I mean, on the one hand, of course, I felt nothing but sympathy for the guy. On the other hand, you know, there's that part of you that's like, Motherfucker, we spent hours on that. Like, <laughs> and, I, and, testing I, we, it and, and we spent it in the shop and we yeah. installed a hundred of them in a theater, and it's working great. Like, what are you? And then we plug in a, a Pro Three yeah. or a Pro Three, and we're like, motherfucker, no. you're right. <laughs> it definitely does working. not working, and it was, and working better. Yeah. Well, we thought it was working better. Right. So. uh so then we're like, okay, now we'll, we'll dig back into this for a third, fourth time now, and we're really going to do it this time. It's really going to be perfect this time. Yeah. And uh, I spent two days on it, and I was like, ah, oh, this is all garbage. We can't. That's fucked. There's nothing we can do. Burn it down. <laughs> that was. It's going to be bad. I was, don't know. I was out on the shop floor because I'm like in the at the moment like playing operations manager after Belfer's left, and I'm like shelving cases. Right. Yeah. And it's like six <laughs> o'clock at night, and Christian walks out. He's like, "We just have to slow the speed down." Like, we just have to go back to 48. 4,800 baud. That's it, that's the way. And, and like, it works sometime. I don't know. Yeah. And you're like, I'm not sure that we ever tested it on the other stagehands. And I'm like, oh, I definitely tested it on the other stagehands. Like, I was, I, was, <laughs> I was very present for that testing and did that testing, like, out on the shop floor back in June. Right. And, and when we had Apprentices, Classics, we had Pro the twos, whole Pro line. Yeah. yeah. Smart machines, everything was set up. Because ironically, I remember sitting there with a classic for an embarrassingly long amount of time, wondering why I couldn't get the thing to read the drive parameters. And there is no Modbus link on the classic. <laughs> <laughs> like, that you is- designed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and I'm like, yeah, I we got all right. Look, we look. I don't think that we can just change the baud rate because you're like the, the solar baud rate works. And I'm like, I, 
fair, but we don't know why, right? And we don't know why it stopped working when we, it was working, and now it, anyway. So we renewed our efforts. So that you're like, okay, next day, well, let's let's look at it again. Because uh, <laughs> for all those reasons, like, right. we made some change that made it no longer work. What's the next change going to be? How's that going to break it then? Right. So seemingly unrelated change, right? Because right. we didn't touch the mod anything mod libraries. Yeah. 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 The goal is never to. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so then the next day we looked at it and I don't know. We spent I don't know half the day. Yeah. At least something like that. Yeah. And uh, just really just digging into it and trying to figure out what was going on and. Um, yeah, we found some pretty goofy stuff. I mean, we, we found did. that like the we weren't really we were incorrectly trying to determine the end of the Modbus transmission. Transmission. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so like the messages were because we finally started like putting like sniffers on the line and stuff, so we could see that like not the entire like the entire message was being sent from the drive, but not being read by the microcontroller. Like it would send it. And we would pick up half, half the message, half of it, and then the and then the it would be like ah, it's it's junk. And you're like, well, it's not junk; it's just not done. Like right. what, you know, we aren't we aren't pausing, we are not determining the end of the transmission correctly. Right. So then, uh, so we spent half a day. We got to that point, and then we're like, okay, uh, we need to. Uh, uh, we got to get spike mark really out of the mix, right? Get because spike mark out of there because there's. Part of all of the crazy weirdness is then all that retry weirdness, and then there's this like yeah. this whole separate pulling loop to like when can the drive ask for a Modbus uh, response? And it's I was trying to describe it to crazy. Mike, and I, I was like, it was like you know we would ask the drive like, what version are you? And it's like I'm an A8. What version are you? <laughs> Eight hundred. What version are you? <laughs> hundred. 70 what version are you <laughs> like jesus and Christ, it did that a hundred times <laughs> uh, what is your rank yeah <laughs> and and sort of like uh, just kind of to be able yeah. to see everything and really control what's happening just totally get that out of the mix yeah so, so you wrote a little python terminal script that could like send the app codes and you know yeah just do enough to keep the connection alive but nothing extra and so then through that, we're really, we then ended up, so after doing that, then we spent another, uh, I don't know, half a day or more looking at it. And we got, it was a Friday, and we got uh, painfully close to solving the problem. <laughs> we stayed fairly late. Too, yeah. 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 And we were painfully close <laughs> to having it solved at that point. But, Missed it by like a couple of logic errors. Simple logic errors. Because yeah. it was like, cause basically what it boiled down to is we weren't waiting long enough. or we were wait, or, uh, So we weren't waiting long enough to, um, to switch the... Transmit and receive. Transmit and receive registers. And we weren't detecting the end. We weren't waiting long enough for the message to come back in then. And we weren't waiting long enough because like literally in the logic statements, like we were we were kind of doing inverse logic and we were, we wanted to say we, what we should have been saying was, or like if you yeah. either aren't done sending or if there's still stuff in the buffer, wait, but we mm -hmm. did an and. So and as so, soon as one of them 
was oh. <laughs> as soon as one of them it's, it wasn't like a sophisticated problem it was just like a and instead of or yeah and, mm. like, oh. and we made that same mistake twice, twice so in we're consistent. both those places oh well so we got that going for us but so then we came i came back on monday i think yeah was, was reading through it again it was like oh <laughs> <laughs> started printing out you know good old print debugging and it's like Oh, that's the problem. And then once made that change, it is now. It's like rock solid. It is. It, it, it is, is perfect. It is perfect. Like so, all those things that we were interpreting as like error need retransmission. Were None not, of that. And they're, it's there. It's now no retries. Beautiful. And now you can run it at any baud rate, really proving that it is actually actually working. <laughs> right. Mm. Which is how it should be. Right. right? Like right. It, the baud rate should should not, not matter. Shouldn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so so i think that's you know it's it's one of the things that like you don't use a ton but when you need it boy is it aggravating that it doesn't work and so it's in short order i mean on the new stuff it's it had been working anyway but on the on the traditional i mean you know and everybody else's stagehands out there spike mark 5 had been was working even less well than spike mark 4 spike mark 4 was not working great anyway right um but in soonish like in in the next couple of weeks it should be pretty awesome sauce awesome awesome because the other just no, not to belabor the point at all but like if you were like sitting on a limit or like there was a drive fault or something like it could it, it just wasn't able to read in what was wrong with the drive and you know the more limits that were triggered or the more things that were happening the worse it got and now you can you know unplug the signal cable so ultimate limit, forward all limit, reverse limit, yeah. limit right. drive fault, brake fault, cross groove, underway, overway, have all the errors, and you can still read it in perfectly. Oh, that is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't use it very often, but then often <laughs> I try and it's not what you want. Well, yeah. For a while I thought it was because I didn't know how it worked because it, it arrived in my time away <laughs> it's like i must be fucking this up and then enough times you're like i don't know that i am <laughs> you're I'm using not it sure wrong. It's me. yeah 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 so we're i'm i'm super excited to get that work in because i think also that it opens up a world not that we're promising to do it now but i think it, there that does make it feasible to do other things direct to drive that we currently don't do right and right. set other parameters that we don't you know yeah so that you don't need like the commissioning port right like that yeah yeah that is a very exciting avenue like, yeah of spike mark based tuning and you don't have to leave it right yeah you know, just like set the you know don't have to fire up fr configurator but you can just do it through spike mark like hey tweak i mean if you think of that like where we were this summer and <laughs> all of those drive parameters that we're tweaking all the time like if you could just have done that on a spike mark link like oh that would have been so much nicer <laughs> yeah. supposed to be a, a three-person process somebody's sitting in the <laughs> right. room and two people watching from the other right. sides of the yeah 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 right yes yes there's just like what 20 motors that was just like three of us all like, <laughs> which ones are we setting wait which ones are we setting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So that's really great. It's really great to see. It and I think now also too, like we actually now fundamentally understand yeah, what, what is going on. And it's yeah. not so much just, I don't know, change the timeouts again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> try the baud rate. Try yeah. the baud rate. <laughs> Did you try six? Have you tried <laughs> six yet? So four didn't work? Okay. Yeah. Seven? Yeah. 
No, seven's an error. <laughs> <laughs> Got to be cool, man. I think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. Um, the next thing on our list, we got a couple more uh, things to bang through here, but the um, next one we wanted to just give a a talk about the crazy, crazy lead times. Um, we had basically no orders for all of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, save for one giant project that got designed in 2020. Like, we did very, very little. Yeah. And then starting July 2021, they started coming back hot. <laughs> Everybody wanted something. With ferocity. Which is a great problem to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. But just like they can't get those F-150s out of the lots, like it, <clears throat> the parts are bananas to try to get right now. Right. Um, I think one of the most staggering ones, I mean, they're, they're, they're all challenging. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's all of them. <laughs> <laughs> but like the motors is a big one. Like the <clears throat> mostly just because like we're we got spoiled right in the in the good times. You could call SEW and get a motor in two days, <clears throat> three days. Yeah, one day if you don't want it painted. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very fast. In a shocking amount of configurations and stuff too. Like just yeah. hey, hop into PT Pilot. Tell us what you want. Yeah, it'll be here in a couple of days. Like pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. Yeah. And now they're saying 16 weeks to get a motor. And they're not really holding that. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, we just it's got really like 20. Yeah. <laughs> like, we just got our July order for motors in. And it's, we have so many folks. The revolver has been crazy hot. Like, yeah, loads of revolvers that people want. And, and that doesn't, it's not even a motor that needs an encoder. I mean, it's a pretty, right. That's like the simplest of our AC motors, like in any of the yeah. products. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, and you certainly can't get an encoder on a motor from SEW right now. Like, that's they're right. Like, just call back in 2023. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That is <laughs> interesting because they switched their encoder style and we're like, oh, okay, that's. We don't love the new one, but it's fine. It's whatever. They're like, but they're going to be way more available. It's way easier for us to produce. Like, <laughs> right. it's just, it's going to alleviate all those problems that we would have had in the past. We're like, all right, cool. That's great. And then that has not come to fruition. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily, we got really good about putting <laughs> encoders on, motors. on SUW motors. Right. That is true. We yeah. all had pretty, we were all pretty wary to do it because we were worried about wobbly, sad encoders that yeah. we've all seen out in the wild. Yeah. Of and sometimes in, installed in, ourselves. In yeah. Our, in, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, but we did, We have attached a f- quite a few different methods now of different ways to do quite it. Quite a few different methods, yeah. yeah. And uh, all worked. Uh, yeah, so far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, but the, so that, that's been tough, right? So, we were, when was this, like September? Anyway, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Like September or maybe early October, but somewhere around there, I, I was like, we, we have to do something differently because this, we are going to start just losing orders. We can't keep telling people that it's like 16 to 20 weeks to get a revolver because, I mean, that's right. the season's over. Like, we need to move faster than this. So I started calling around to folks and so like, Nord says the same thing. KEB says whatever, but it's not... 
you know, KB says a lot of things, <laughs> <laughs> and we and we like KB a lot. But they their their forecasting can be a little rocky on like on when they're going to deliver things. I called Lenza. Right. Yeah. We we started really digging. Like, who do we currently buy stuff from? And we could maybe get some other things from those folks. And then we were like, oh, none of those. Okay. What else? What else can we do? <laughs> and Lenza it was twenty weeks. Uh, so. Worse. worse yeah worse and then um sumitomo um yeah I, like i called dave crockett because he has often been at, you know curious if we could use sumitomo and i i like sumitomo stuff it just was never as convenient or as cheap i mean they are more expensive also than sew but also than like sew is cheaper and they can get it to me in two days you're more expensive and it takes two to three weeks and and I was like, so how's your lead time looking? He's like, two to three weeks. <laughs> like, Shut the front door. <laughs> like, but do you mean it? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tease me that way. And, uh, and they are actually delivering. Yeah. And so it meant that we had to redesign the machines to fit the new motors. But it was like, that, we can do that faster than we can wait 20 weeks. <laughs> like, <laughs> Get some couple more water jet plates in the mix, like that's yep, yep. So that's been a that I mean, we are just about to assemble our first batch of Sumitomo based uh revolvers, they are a little taller, like the, that is, yeah. The revolver, I think, is probably the one that is the most constrained for height in right. our machine designs. So that that one is a, little, a little unfortunate, yeah, because yeah, it. It's still under nine inches tall, but it used to be closer to eight inches tall. Like right. It was like eight and a quarter, I would yeah. say, and now it's uh, eight and three quarters, so it's grown a half inch, which doesn't sound like a lot until you're sitting there with a nine-inch deck <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> trying to fit it in there. So, But I, it's like the option. The other option is don't. You don't get one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. So anyway, that and then it's just across the board. Like the parts are nuts. I mean, we every day, especially now that I'm playing operations manager while we're on the hunt, um, a day doesn't go by. But you're not like, oh, that part we can't get. Okay, let me go try to find another an alternate, or let me go scour eBay, or let me call these people, or let me see if I can get it from wherever. You know, right. does the UK have any? Can I fly, air freight those in? Can I? You know, mm -hmm. it's it's kind of kind of nuts. So, um. But I think you had a good point, Cody. Um, yeah, yeah. As we started, like, getting more bids for many different things, or, you know, different offer uh, not bids. More people wanted to buy different stuff, and we realized, like, oh, we have now, like, three different five-horsepower motors. <laughs> Is it yeah. three from two different vendors, a couple SCWs? This one's a 20-to-1, but this one's a 22-to-1. Yeah, and... <laughs> Yeah, and then in the servo world, we have Mitsubishi servos, and we have some Schneider servos. And then we have and, different Mitsubishi servos. And, yeah, and yeah. it all started when we could get things that didn't, didn't seem to matter. Didn't right? seem to matter, and now we're like hard to get things. We're like, why do we have so many? <laughs> right. Why They're are, not that different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think it would be really cool, right, if we yeah. could kind of consolidate that down. Yeah, it'd be nice to just, hey, we ordered one of the five horses. Hey, we ordered <laughs> one of the servos. Right. Like, And then you could like get them in bigger batches and keep them on the shelf. Because they like, go in everything. Yeah. Yeah, stocking would be easier. And yeah, and 
potentially, I mean, this is like probably further down the line in the thought process of machine design, but like if it is that, then you could then be modifying with chain stages or belts or, and then we can right. have more flexibility and just in ratio for different outputs for customers needs. So yeah, like, it all kind of bakes into new cool things that we can be doing. Yeah. And trying to get a little more efficient in it. Right. And get, a little simpler, you know, which yeah. I think is a, again, kind of a bit of a theme of like, let's not to make it less useful, but to uh, simplify it both in the process. And then also like, uh, what we're offering, like making those, those things simpler, which kind of leads nicely into the next thing of the, like you're talking about new machines, right? Right. Yeah. So coming up, we're looking to do an internal, uh, product summit, to decide what the what is what is the new thing that we want to develop, yeah, uh, both hardware and software, uh, you know, machine design, electrical design, and software design of like what is the new, what yeah. are the things we're going to target? Because 2020 was like a crazy year of just tons of new design and tons of new things because we had the time to do it uh, <laughs> <laughs> and kind of had to do it, uh, and so we're trying to make sure that we target some some new things for the upcoming year that we're you know going after so it's not just spread about right right yeah and i it's a different tack for us because we we often target you know kind of two to three maybe four new products in a year like you said in 2020 it was a lot more than that because we had a specific job that required a lot of new development right um but oftentimes it's kind of uh, how you say gut based. <laughs> like we're just like, right. what would be neat? Yeah, it's either gut or opportunity. Like, hey, we got a, you know, somebody wants X. Yeah, we should develop that, and we kind of turn that into a product. Yeah, um, and trying to choose custom product or custom job things become products and things like that. Yeah, right. Um, and this time I want to do it a little differently. Like I, I, I want us to focus up. I mean, there's a couple of things that I really want us to do. One is as crazy as it sounds, like we don't actually usually have the sales folks like involved in like what, you know, I mean, not that they have no voice. They absolutely, you know, value Pete and Nicole's opinion a great deal. Um, but oftentimes like products kind of get designed and then we try to sell them. Mm-hmm. And I would really like us to take a, a more <laughs> kind of traditional path here and say, like, why don't we have the sales team help inform us about what we should be designing that they are getting requests for that we that they hear from the customers that they really want. Also to hear, like, what is the price point that people are expecting and willing to pay and then design around that. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, even in times where we do talk to sales folk and they're like oh yeah we want you know a, a smaller push stick or you know whatever it is that it is yeah. then we go cool great and then we just close that thread and then we design something <laughs> and we're like it's got to be a smart machine and it's got to be zero fleet and it's got to be you know xyz whatever and we you know all love cool things yeah and then <laughs> and, and we're like, like oh what should that cost <laughs> <laughs> and you get to the end and you're like oh we're hoping that like spotlight practical is a perfect example right we're like we're gonna try to make this for like under five thousand dollars right and you get to the end and you're like yeah it's gonna be like 14 yeah <laughs> it's like well is that you know i mean it's a great hoist i think the spotlight practical is a really cool machine but it's when you get that far afield right when you end up in a 3x 
multiplier right. of like what we think the market will really accept and what we're targeting as the price to not because we're like trying to you know like we're gonna make all the money back on pro- spotlight practicals it's <laughs> yeah it just got so much tech in it and it's it, that you know for us to make a profit on it that's the price we're like yeah but that's not a thing i mean you know sure th- nobody wants the 40 dollar dental floss <laughs> right yeah it might be the best in the world we don't care yeah you know? no one wants it <laughs> you're like yeah that's that is the probably the prime example of that one <laughs> Right. And that thing hasn't set the world on fire. Right. And I think a lot of it has to do with, especially when, you know, that product in particular, like there's some stiff market competition from other people who are doing it cheaper, you know? Right. And um, so I think, and we have done that a couple of times where we like really have like trimmed to meet the price and that's been fairly successful. And I think it would be, and I think that we can, I think having that restriction on the design is actually very useful because I think it can be like, okay, we thought it would be really cool if it could be this. It can't. It right. can't have that feature because that feature costs too much money. Right. Yeah, and I think like both from like feature and then just informing the way we design and build things for production here too, right? Like, because yeah. even if we could get all the features we wanted, and then it takes forever to make on the floor, and we eat right. it on labor, then still we still end up that. behind. Yeah. Like, <laughs> totally, still eating it on every one we sell. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that this is also an interesting opportunity for folks in the audience too to you know to pipe up and and tell us at like I said we're going to be doing this in January. It's not like an open forum, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, it is an internal discussion, but we are very very curious about what it is that people would like to see from us. Um, so we have a lot of ideas about what we want to be doing, but we want to temper that with the reality of what folks want. want. Right. Um, as well, because and it kind of falls into our mantra of trying to be open and transparent about like what we're doing and how we do it, and um, so I think this will be illuminating both internally, but then we'll also you know let you know how it turns out, what comes up. Right? Yeah, yeah definitely. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> we promise to listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't say that we're going to definitely produce your idea, but we are eager to hear what um, folks have to say. I mean, I imagine that. Well, our audience probably thinks about automation more than most, right? But, um, you know, we, we think about it an awful lot. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so totally understandable if you don't have some burning desire to get in touch with us. Um, but if you do, I'd love to hear it. Totally yep. love to hear it. So um, I think that was, that was kind of it on that front. But yeah. the so Product Summit coming up in January. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing uh, on the list, and I think we got time for this. I don't know. How long have we been recording? Oh, only an hour. Only an hour. Right Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was getting back to the camera discussion. So like what totally not the new it. Sony stuff. Yeah. New Sony stuff. So the, uh, what was it? A month ago? A couple weeks ago? A mm, couple weeks. A couple, couple weeks. weeks. Yeah, they couple announced, two, they finally, eventually, no, not eventually, they finally announced the, the Sony A7 IV, the successor to the A7 III, which is their... Sony's, I guess, entry level full frame camera. Right. That yeah, is right. Yeah. Uh very well liked. And for, it's kind of their all arounder, right? Because yeah. they have the A7S line, which is video specific, and the A7R line, which is the high res yeah. photography. Mm-hmm. And then the the seven no modifier is their like 
do all. Yeah. And some of the best performing yeah. out there. I mean, the mm-hmm. A7 III is super well loved. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, has some incredible autofocus. The autofocus, I mean, is, is the, is, it's nuts. It's <laughs> totally insane. Like, <laughs> like, these two play with cameras all the time and take lots of cool photos. And every time I come up to the shop, I get to take a little bit of a little piece of it. And, <laughs> yeah. And the autofocus on the Sony's is just so much better than any other camera I've ever held. <laughs> yeah. It is bananas. Like, so the A7 IV came out, and we were like, Christian and I, especially, were like, I've are you going to really, order it? Are you going to really, order it? I'm really ready for a new camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I have a, I don't know, 10 year old Nikon or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it's like, as soon as that one comes out, I'm going to hold out because, you know, the rumors are it's coming out soon. Yep. And that's what I'm going to get. And I haven't pre-ordered it but yeah because you're just like not because you don't not tempted but just because like just wait and see wanna yeah get a a little bit of real world feedback right yeah are there, are there any like show-stopping issues with it right right and you know yeah. you, you tend to get burnt on pre-order things so just mm. you don't have that burning desire to be like the first one holding one yeah no i don't yeah, i don't need to be phone. the first one holding it but it's not a laptop <laughs> it's not a graphics card. <laughs> so it does look really good though, because it's got a it's, it's got a slightly bigger sensor, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a thirty three or something. Yeah. It, they introduced bird eye autofocus. Oh right. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, which I think is funny because they have human, animal, and bird. <laughs> now technically, yeah. <laughs> I see that you split up human and animal, and that could be debated, but yeah, sure. There's some semantics in there, but yeah, sure. But bird and animal, I mean, this is, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and then, uh, so the newer sensor, the bird mode. The bird mode. <laughs> bird mode, yeah. And they have the... Um, I have two things in my head, but one of them is that they've got the uh, focus breathing correction. Oh, yeah. Um, using their new G Master lenses, right? Right. The, I think, that, is it only G Master or just, because I thought the G's also. Well, I don't know. I, yeah. Anyway, know. one or the other. Hopefully, but, hopefully yeah. at least the, yeah, any of the Sony lenses, but maybe just the G Masters. But that you like, so focus breathing being like when you change focus, does it appear to zoom the image as well? Which is really distracting, especially in video. Like if you see wobble in the as the autofocus is working, like the thing zooms in and out a little bit. Yeah, which is a bit of an issue they have because their lenses are not well corrected, like optically for Mm, that. Yeah, so they're going to do it in software, which they they seem to be able to do really well. They introduced, (laughs) yeah, this new mode, and I don't know all the like test footage and stuff you see from it. It is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. When does that come out? Uh, Like first of the year or end of this year or something like that. Yeah. Like December. December to January. That's cool. And then who knows when you'll actually be able to get one, you know, supply chain and all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But. Looks good though. Yeah. But then so. Also, you also did just get a Sony, though. It's not (laughs) It's not the full frame mirrorless. No. But. No. So, yeah. I'm. So I've been kind of lusting after the Sony's for the video work because we've done a lot of video, like shop videos and stuff um, for our YouTube channel. And And we're trying to do more. And we're trying to do more. Yep. And um, 
I, of course, have been using the Fuji. Um, I have an X-T4. Um, and I love the image out of the Fuji. And I love yeah. taking photographs with it. That's some great color. Beautiful. Yeah. And the lenses are really good for it. And everything's really good for it. Except for the autofocus. The <laughs> auto, especially in video mode. Like, that autofocus, like, on face detection and stuff, which if you're videoing yourself, you are always using. Which is the videos we're doing. Yeah. Right. Um, a lot of talking head. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of talking head stuff. And so you just kind of turn the camera on and try to present and you get done and you're like, ugh. And it, it's hysterical because it'll like try to, it'll detect a face like on your bookshelf. And you're yeah. like, there is definitely no face on my bookshelf. What are you doing? You're drunk. Go home soon. And uh, so I got, I had just done, I haven't edited it yet, but I hopefully will soon. Um, a video on setting limit, rotary limits for a spot line because I, built a spot line. It was on the test rig. Perfect I'm time. Like, Let's go ahead and shoot that video because it's a question that comes up and I think a video would help. So I shot it and it all came up fine. And it's going to be fine. But like as I was shooting it, I had my Canon SL3 mm. and the Fuji and um, I was very disappointed with the autofocus. <laughs> it was really frustrating. At Especially that time. when it's, you know, doing a video like that where you can't, you're, can't just watch it as you're doing it right so it's like wobble wobble yeah (laughs) and i was taking some just like uh some standalone footage of like jogging at the stagehand panel Mm -hmm. and it could not focus on the stagehand panel it kept like oh really wobbling focus on the stagehand panel which again i'm like trying to just i should have just switched it to manual focus i realize now in hindsight (laughs) but i was just like ah just you know focus on that Mm -hmm. and and then i'm watching the panel and trying to watch a hoist that's loaded up with a 500 pounds so i'm not paying super close attention to the focus of the camera and i'm like god damn it like that thing did not focus um so uh so i was like i'm gonna go get a sony and of course as is my way i start with like i'm gonna get the a7s3 (laughs) and the a7s3 is a ridiculously expensive camera it's like thirty five hundred dollars or yeah, something right? without a lens without a lens and yeah. you don't have a sony system and i don't have a sony system so like i'm gonna be dropping at least another i mean it's gonna be five grand probably to get out the yeah. door with a decent lens right and and i'm like that seems slightly irresponsible <laughs> <laughs> i hate this autofocus let me burn it all down <laughs> where's a bag of money i can light on fire <laughs> like I, that doesn't seem right um so I sold the the Canon gear, mm-hmm. and because I wasn't really using it, like I was using it a little bit. I mean, it has all its own problems. No reason to iterate through all, enumerate all of those here. But it was that camera in particular was a little crippled in stupid ways. And I wouldn't say a little, but <laughs> like for just like just to be bean spirited, Canon didn't allow it to do certain things. Um, so I sold all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, which I didn't really like the camera otherwise. Like, it was nice. It had a great app. It like, has an amazing app. app. Yeah. Just the inter- I mean, Canon's interfaces are oh, the best. So good. Yeah. 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 Which is annoying. Yeah. yeah. And the color is great. I mean, yeah. really, mm-hmm. it's just frustrating that they're like, and you can shoot 4K, but no autofocus. <laughs> and you can shoot you know, 1080p, but only in 30 frames. Yeah. Like, 4K only in 24 and 1080 only in 30 frames a second. You're like, for what the? Like, <laughs> why? Yeah. <laughs> because we hate you. Yeah. Because <laughs> you yeah. offend us. Yeah. Um, so you got rid of that. So I got rid of, sorry, got rid of that. Yeah. And yeah. I got the cheapest Sony that they have, which is the, uh, or cheapest 
interchangeable lens one they have, which is the Sony ZV-E10, which is a terrible name. Their yeah. names are just notably and, bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> names are not ideal. Like, oh, what headphones from Sony did you buy? The XM49 6Ms, fours. Fours or the threes? <laughs> yeah. Because that's also a relatively newer camera, too. It is very new. So it, and it came out like two months ago or something, I want to say. So I will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it was um, watching the reviews. He was like, why? Well, yeah, I was like, oh, this is a stupid camera. What's why would point? anyone buy this? And then I went back and I looked at it closer. I'm like, wait a second. This is exactly what I'm looking for. It's like, <laughs> for video, it's basically is- like an A6600, mm-hmm. which is a crop sensor. So an APS-C camera. It's got... All the great Sony autofocus stuff. It's got all the same camera modes. Like yep. it does, it'll do 4K 60. It will do, um, oh no, it didn't, I don't think that's right. I think it does 4K, up to 4K 30, but it'll do 1080 60 yeah. um, with full tracking autofocus and everything. Um, no record limits. No, oh yeah, yeah, big, that's big, a big point. Because both the Fuji and the Canon had a 30 minute record limit. This has no recording limit. Um, and it, what are some of the other highlighting features? So it's got the tracking autofocus. It's got great face detect, eye detect, uh, full, full-time full eye autofocus in video yeah. at 4K. Mm-hmm. And uh, the fancier one, too, where it's like the, you can bring out, like, so during the talking head portion. Oh, yeah, they call it product, sh- yeah. product showcase. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, like you said. You, so you bring up, like, a product, like, in front of your face. And not even in front of your face, just bring it up forward of your face. So your face can still be in the shot. And if it detects that you've placed something forward of your face, it'll focus on that. And oh, it'll wow. track that. Right? Like, it tracks it too? Uh, I don't think it. Tr- well, yeah, I guess it does. It's, right. Yeah. yeah. But it focuses on it. And but then, it figures out like mm-hmm. what is you. I mean, it, it determines, I guess, mm-hmm. it figures out. I mean, it guesses at what things you could be holding versus like other things in the frame that would be forward of you oh wow yeah that's cool that's cool and, and then you, you held up down. a picture frame of a person in front of you <laughs> what does it do <laughs> like nickelback <laughs> i'll have to try um but that's pretty cool because otherwise like most of the other systems you have to like put the thing in front of your face to kill the face tracking and Anyway, but yeah, so you just pull it up, it focuses, and then you're done, and you put it down, and it's back on your face. Back on your face, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so what doesn't it have? What are the things you want it to have? So it it ha- well, first of all, it's not full frame, so it's mm, APS-C. Right. So that's that's not not great, but I'll I will live. Because um, honestly, for video, it's fine, right? Like, mm-hmm. You know, just set the tripod back a little bit farther. It's still downsampled, you know, um, downsampled from six K. Um, oh. So it's it's in not landscape. It's like beautiful, yeah, gorgeous footage. Um, it has the crappy old Sony batteries, not the mm. new Z batteries. So it has very bad battery oh, life. Mm. Yeah, I, we were uh, trying to figure out the autofocus, and it went from like I don't know. We were just standing there for like I don't know two minutes, three minutes. It used fifteen percent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, it's impressively bad. Yeah, but it does have USB C power delivery. Right, because it's like crazy. It has like all the ports, right? Yeah, it's got headphone, mic jack, uh, USB C power delivery, and HDMI. HDMI. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, micro HDMI. Yeah. Um, and then it doesn't have an um, optical or an electronic viewfinder, so mm-hmm. no viewfinder. But I don't really care about that for video. 
Right, especially when you film yourself. No. <laughs> and it does have a tally light, which the A6600 does not have. So it's got the blinky light in front to let you know it's recording. Oh, nice. Yeah. And it does the cool red outline of the screen also yeah. while you're recording. And it's like 600 bucks, 700 bucks. Kind of nutty. Well, and also, too, it's still an interchangeable lens, so you can still get nice glass for it. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And it's all E-mount. So, like, yeah. you can also buy, like, nice if you want to spend the money, you can buy even full-frame nice glass and take it with you to your a 74 Right. Right. Or right. you can take, you know, your APS-C glass and just shoot in Super 35 right. on your... You can take Christian's glass from his a 7 and you can mount it on yeah, yours. Yeah, as soon as he yeah. buys that G-Master, yeah. I'm... Yeah. You're going to be golden. I'm going to be golden. So I'm super pleased with it. I mean, it was nuts when we took it out of the box, yeah. turned it on and flipped it around. Like it just boom hits your eye and just mm-hmm. tracks. Right. Yeah. The and, object and tracking is nuts too. You showed me that earlier. Crazy. Like just fixed on a stool and like walked around in like a you know eight or nine foot <laughs> radius and it's just like pecked right on it. Yeah. Just, just like I have it. I mm-hmm. am on it. I right. am focusing forward, backwards, up, down, left, right, and yeah. it was like yeah, I got yeah. it. Terminator. <laughs> I'd be like, what, a, what else are you developing <laughs> that needs to detect human, bird, or eye? <laughs> Those birds better watch out. <laughs> yeah, because so. that's the other thing, too. Like, So the Fuji, when we were playing with that one, well, the one yeah. we currently have, oh, yeah. struggles when you're wearing glasses, say, yeah. to read a teleprompter or safety glasses because you're working in the shop. It, <laughs> right. It, doesn't it can't you can put on safety glasses and you're safe from the fuji can't find <laughs> you're you invisible then. right yeah. <laughs> not the case with the sony though it no. is it's deadlocked so with yeah. a glare with like, a terrible glare like yeah, yeah. it's nutty it's, good it knows where you're at and yeah. i think it's really cool i mean speaking back to like kind of the philosophy of product and stuff like yeah that here's a 700 dollars, 600 dollars, whatever it is product that has all of the same software features, right? Stuff that could be brought to it mm-hmm. are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To their one that costs double the price. Yeah. Right. It and, makes you want to do that. Yeah. And you're like, well, that's so great. Like, I feel so good about this company. <laughs> yeah. I feel heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel seen. And, and, like, and then you're just making the decision on, like, do you want to spend the extra money for these hardware features? Like, right. do you want better battery life? Do you want to electronic viewfinder you're like you can make that choice do you want to spend i mean there's clearly a value to that other camera Mm -hmm. but if you want to make that trade you're not going to give up the great software that we've developed for it yeah and i think that's awesome right yeah and speaks to how i want to run my business too (laughs) of like yeah i I want to make as many like firmware features available in the stagehands as we can possibly do, you know, right. like don't, if you have an old one, if you have a cheap one, if you, whatever, like you can still do it. You can still do it. Right. You can yeah. still group a classic. You can still group a classic. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, it makes you feel like really good. And you're like, Oh, Sony man is awesome. And I still love my Fuji. I just also love, I, I got so hooked on this idea. I think maybe from just like, watching too much YouTube of like, (laughs) oh, the hybrid camera, the camera can shoot video or photo, you know? Yeah. And so the the hybrid that all these, you know, reviewers and professionals talk about like, yeah, this is the perfect hybrid, but then that's never what you want. And that's not what they're using. They have dedicated (laughs) video stuff. They have dedicated photo stuff. And you guys have 
more than one camera. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got three different hybrid cameras. <laughs> but I use this hybrid camera mostly for video and this hybrid camera mostly for photo. Like, yeah. yeah. So is it hybrid? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you got a photo camera and a video camera, camera, which makes a lot of sense, you know? Right. So, yeah. So I'm pretty jazzed. And I think they're also cheap enough that, like, you know, you could do a B cam and, like, and, oh, and it's also very small and light. It is. Yeah. Crazy small, crazy have you, light. Have you put it on the gimbal yet? I thought that's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be good. It's also Stormtrooper white. It is. I bought yeah. it in white. <laughs> yeah, you could have, which today, as we were doing it, we were yeah. shooting a little video. We were trying to do a video of like how to repair a push stick after it's broken its bearings out. And, um, we're just covered in grease. Yeah. And then we're <laughs> this white camera. New camera. <laughs> and you're like, well, there goes that white camera. <laughs> Get Christian's white laptop in here. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I still like the white. I, it's just kind of fun. Like, you know, it's all very plasticky. I mean, that's the other thing about the cameras that it's, it, I don't, it doesn't feel like cheap plastic to me, but it, it is plastic. It so. is just plastic. Yeah. Like, again, you're like, yeah, because it's the cheapest camera you make. You mm-hmm. know, sure. Makes sense. I mean, it's not the cheap. It's the cheapest interchangeable lens camera. Yeah. But when you're gonna put it on a tripod or on a gimbal and it's gonna sit there, it, yeah, like, yeah. it kind of doesn't matter, right? You're like, yeah, the battery, whatever. Yeah, plugging it in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I bought some like Sony compatible newer batteries um, for like fifty bucks. You know, mm. you're like, Meh. yeah, yeah, okay, this is fine. This is a trade I'm willing to make, and and I get the choice to make that trade. Right. right. You know, not like, oh, you can't just shoot twenty four frames per second. Sorry. Hmm. Tough. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, but you, what you can shoot only thirty. <laughs> exactly. Only the only only the more demanding one. What wow. if I get a better SD card with a faster write? Go pound sand. <laughs> <laughs> and no autofocus in 4K. Fuck you. Yeah. You would never need that. Yeah. That'll and 4K up. will be cropped 1.6 times over your 1.5 times crop. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. yeah. That's not ideal. Yeah. Yeah, because this is 4K. 4K has no crop. Um, and then you do get a crop for, uh, I think when you go to S&Q mode in 4K, like oh, if, you, yeah. Yeah, if you do like the super right. high frame rate, like for 120, mm-hmm. there's a slight crop. But yeah. again, kind of reasonable. Yeah. You're like, nah, yeah, for super slow-mo, sure, whatever. Yeah. It's only ever B-roll. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. So anyway, I've blathered about cameras. But that, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, stay tuned for those videos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Yeah. We got a, we also have been totally different topic that we won't dig into, but we also did a, a video for the um, QBots, the QuickBooks uh, oh, off yeah. the shelf integration. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first one with the Sony. That was the first one with the Sony. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, that was pretty cool. It's a pendant one coming at some point. Uh, yeah. yeah. Gotta get oh, back yeah. Because Christian's been working yeah. on a pendant video. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully a series of them. But yeah. Yeah. About the, because we're developing the, v2 of that i guess yeah, yeah. sure we'll do v2 <laughs> yeah we don't know how to do 1.5 or anything. oh god no point numbers <laughs> no point numbers jesus christ now uh yeah and so also while doing that also trying to uh, do uh, like the behind the scenes ish kind of uh yeah how we're developing it and right here's what development looks like yeah. from the various different folks yeah working on it so yeah, yeah that should be cool yeah I think we got some of it recorded. I got a little bit. Yeah. Breezy's you, got a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I've got some. And yeah. And there's some more to still do. Yeah. So I'll let you know what camera I buy. <laughs> yeah. What are you tempted by? Or yeah. are you tempted? Or are you I, just not tempted? Oh, I'm very tempted because right now I'm using my like 
uh, probably was 10 years old t3i yeah canon and i set it up as like a webcam to record the like talking head thing for that mm-hmm. video talking about the design mm-hmm. and it does not have any autofocus for video and so i'm like reach back in my chair and i have pretty long arms yeah. if you've ever seen me in the wild they're not sure it's got like a muppet body but even that was still like too too far so it's like yeah so i i started looking around but um, what are you interested in I don't know. It was no. so wide, and you guys had bought some stuff, and I was like, yeah. oh, I should look around a little bit more. I looked at the Fujis a bit. I, the Sony was really interesting to me. Uh, I was looking at some of the older generations. Um, oh, God. Well, I don't know what I thought in my head. A60. I can't remember their things ever. No, so, they determine Yeah. But the crop sensors ones? Or the crop sensor, okay. mirrorless. And especially those. Like the 6400. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I almost pulled the trigger on one of those, but. I don't know, the ZV... I mean, the one I was messing around with earlier year, the one you just picked up, is pretty hot. I mean, the price is kind of right where I'd... Want to spend. Want to spend, yeah. Yeah. And could see spending a little money on glass, but not too much, just because of that, you know, buying glass for a crop sensor or camera, and then... Yeah, yeah, and then going to full frame later. Yeah. 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 I mean, but I've told myself that (laughs) (laughs) for all the cameras I've ever owned, and then I've still never bought a full frame. So, <laughs> right. Some, but would you want to go? No, but the EVF might kill it for that, right? Like not having an EVF. Yeah. E- or, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, mm. might be okay. Might be okay. I mean, for the stuff I'm doing in my bedroom or my office, <laughs> probably fine. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, for sure. Like, so. And I actually, I mean, I find even with the Fuji when I'm taking photos, I'm at least half the time using the screen instead of the EVF. Yeah, like, yeah, because it's like low or low super or, high. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm like, actually, you know, mm-hmm. and we're kind of also, I mean, I feel like we're also accustomed to like shooting with our smartphones that like looking at a screen doesn't feel as crazy, bizarre. Yeah, right. Yeah. And with an articulated screen, it's a lot more convenient. Yeah, right. Yeah. And with it, yeah, DSLR, like it felt like. In my world, there's like the little delay, and there's you know some funkiness with trying to use the screen. screen. And now with mirrorless, it's just yeah, it's done. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So feels less weird. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Fair enough. We'll see. Maybe I'll go a completely different way. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it also probably depends on if I can find a 3080. RTX 3080. <laughs> there's only one bucket of money. <laughs> oh. That, oh, different story, but when uh, my computer, I almost was going to sell you the 3080 from my work computer because I thought it wasn't going to work for a spike mark there for a minute. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We spent a morning, uh, so it's an Alienware, and uh, there's control center or software or something like that. Uh, it doesn't work with WPF buttons, which is what spike mark is. Mm. We thought it was the graphics card. Oh, it's too new, too fast. Right. And then driver problems. You, blah, blah, yeah. yeah. You did a quick, and rather than doing the quick Google search first, we were like, oh, graphics cards. So then I started like pulling them out and just swapping graphics cards. We, yeah. We only did that after two graphic card swaps. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, when you guys called me, had you already swapped in graphics cards? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you tried the, the laptop? Yes. Yes. Uh, no, we uh, we tried my laptop on the phone with you. Yeah, I also have an okay. Alienware laptop, laptop, 
and it also the problem also was there, which mm-hmm. was the that was the thing that was like, wait a second, we should Google Alienware. this now. Alienware. You're right because we got to the point where you're like, wait, what's in your old computer? And you're like a 1080, and I was like, what's in my computer? Oh, it's a 1080. I was like, okay, well, it's not the it's 1080. Not 1080. <laughs> yeah, like what's in your laptop? Oh, a 1660. Oh, it's in yours. It's a 1650. Okay, so it's not. It's like <laughs> yeah, it's not the yeah. graphic cards. Yeah, and like yeah. You had a Dell, and Alienware right. is Dell, yeah. right? But it's like there's something very specific about Alienware, and then I did Google <laughs> search for Alienware WPF buttons. And it was like, bloop, first hit. Mm. Like, Alienware Control Center messes with totally the obliterates WPF buttons, <laughs> and they turned into like little rainbows. So yeah, <laughs> hover over it, and they'd like flicker around the screen. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Like Christian called and was like, "Really? They're not flickering." <laughs> No, what? He's like, you don't see any rainbows, do you? He's like, are you okay? <laughs> do you need help? <laughs> Go get an adult. <laughs> yeah. But it turns out it wasn't the graphics card, so I got to keep it. Yeah. Dang it. 3080. Ooh, 3080. Yeah. All it's the better fast. to... Yeah, it's pretty nice. What? Show some Visual Studio. <laughs> <laughs> It's and great Premier. for Premiere. It's great for Premiere. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. For that yeah. video. For the you do. pendant video. I gotta download you gotta like download a game so you can put some RTX on. Yeah. Real time yeah. shading. I wouldn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> Cody just died a little inside for anyway, the soul leaving his body. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Someday, <laughs> when they come out with like the, I don't know the forty seventy eighty or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I feel like that's it. We covered yeah. it. Yeah, seems like it. Seems yeah, and you didn't think we were going to get through the whole list. I, I I did not. I was a disbeliever. But I guess if you just keep talking and don't hit stop, you get through the whole. List. <laughs> you get through it. There also it was broken up more, and then it kind of. Yeah, that's it's true. Finished, but yeah, yeah. Inside. Yeah. Seems good, though. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening again. Please do uh, reach out with any comments or questions. You can write us at uh, podcast at creativeconnors.com. And if you've got ideas uh, for the product summit, we'd love to hear them. Yeah. Um, so that's goodbye for me. See you later. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>